0: Good evening, dummies. Episode 157, Monday, May 24th, 7.12 p.m., starting four six two. What a great weekend. Colorado Avalanche spanked the St. Louis Blues. We're waiting on the Golden Knights or the Minnesota Wild. It is a great, great weekend. My daughter turned 11 years old. Medieval times, she was picked as queen, beauty queen of the day or whatever in the night, and the horse bowed down and gave her a favor and a ribbon and a crown that's yeah, great it's good time i guess when you spend a shit ton of money that's what happened i want to get something off my chest and i'm going to give it one minute that is all this person deserves of my time somebody came on the uh the page on facebook decided to make some comments and i'm a right winger i take offense to that i'm not a right winger i didn't storm the capitol and i only live what 35 minutes away from the capitol i wasn't there man I'm not an anti-Trumper. I voted for Trump. I'm open about that. I am a conservative. I never said my show was going to be anything other than honest. That was it. Something for everybody here. I've argued with Republicans. I've argued with Trump's inability to be a fantastic model at the last three months. I believe he listened to the wrong people. I believe he was one of the best presidents we have ever had in the first three years and six months, and I've seen my share of them. But this person wanted to engage in verbal combat and spar, which I was fine with. But then I went and saw that he did an hour and 51-minute show where he called me a mother effer and every other name in the book. And I just, I'm done. I don't have time. If that person wants to make a point and have a, an argument like they tried to on my page and then just get literally fleeced, which I did, and I'm horrible at writing, and I still fleeced him. The guy said that right-wingers are socialists. The whole point is this. Hurt people hurt people. And trust me, I know where you're from. I know you tried to hide it on Facebook. I know you've tried to cloak yourself in anonymity. I know you don't have a website because you would have to actually register for a domain. But you left one picture up, 2011. You were leaning up against a cork board. And on that flyer, very small flyer all the way in the back, it said, Applebee's, Pikeville did a search, found you, found your last name, found out where you live, went to a buddy, buddy works in the, one of the alphabet agencies, and got your entire record. Everything, financial, employment, criminal, government, no fly list? What did you do, dude? So The point is this, is I can be a vindictive person, and I'm not going to do that. I appreciate that you spent an hour and 51 minutes, but I'm not going to spend any more time on you. A lot of it was talking about my Republican leanings, but I think I gave you a total of one minute. That's all you get, man. If You would like to come on the show. I still would allow that. As long as you have a point. Be your authentic self, not this fake person you're trying to be. My God, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you think you're emulating. But you certainly go to the beat of your own drummer, don't you, sir? Justin, have a good life. I know you waited three days for this, and I'm sorry I gaslit you and thought that you were going to get it on Saturday. I wanted to put you out of your misery. Have a good life. Have a good night. And go talk to the government, man. They want to talk to you. What are we talking about tonight? First, Trump derangement syndrome. I'm sure Justin will love this. The symptoms and the cure. I want to bring that to you. It's important because it's most assuredly a real thing. Uh, I'm chubbing it. What does that mean? Well, McDonald's. McDonald's is in the news again because there's a gentleman that's suing them for $10 billion. That's one-tenth of their annual revenue. Incredible. We'll have a conversation about that and what does it mean. And lastly, Democrats unmasked. Oh man, this is a really lefty bashing episode. I must be a right winger or I'm just telling the truth. Don't debate the policy. Debate where it comes from. That's always a good point. Democrats are unmasked. And what does that mean? Does that mean they lift up the COVID mask or they're unmasking by going through the, their social security and their bank investments? No, no, no. It's about the hypocritical nature of Democrats and this whole COVID thing. And we're going to talk about it tonight. But first off, why wasn't there any McDonald's in the Roman Empire? Easy. There was too much Greece. From an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Well, dummies, thank you for stopping by. Dummies, what does it mean? It's not derogatory. It doesn't mean I don't like you. Dummies stands for Don't Unfriend Me. It's an acronym and the dumbs, and also the dummies. Barstool Sports has their stoolies. We have dummies. I'll take dummies. We also have dumb dums Dum-dums are the people who are pretty much dumb dumbs. They're a special kind of sucker. We have them all the time. Justin is a special kind of sucker, and he kind of bought it hook, line, and sinker. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me talk about you, Justin. Now, that's really the last time we're going to talk about you. All right, what are we going through tonight? Well, we already know that, but first, let me go ahead and link my social media you can find me on Facebook, on Anchor, all the podcasts, Instagram, YouTube, all that. Please give me a like, share, and a follow right here. Little red envelope on YouTube. And I would appreciate it. It keeps the lights on, and God doesn't kill a puppy. If you are not a fan of social media, you can visit donunfriendme.com. My entire catalog is there, along with all of my seasons, blog posts, and everything else. Let's get to it. Byron Allen, a black media mogul who owns Entertainment Studio Networks, Inc., and Weather Group, LLC, filed a lawsuit Thursday against Mickey D's seeking $10 billion in damages for the fast food chain's alleged racial discrimination. Alleged. Interesting. Quote, McDonald's intentionally discriminated against Entertainment Studios and Weather Group through a pattern of racial stereotyping and refusals to contract, the lawsuit claims. Let me get this straight. Someone doesn't do business with you and it's racially motivated. Roger that. Got it. Okay. As a result, quote, of McDonald's intentional racial discrimination, plaintiffs are entitled to actual and tre- treble damages. That's not used properly. Versus base damages? I mean, it's all about the base. About the- treble. Okay. Damages in addition to attorney's fees and costs. Maybe treble has a different meaning that I'm not aware of. And I'm looking like an ass. What's new? which altogether are estimated to exceed $10 billion, the document read. At least they're aiming high. The complaint also contrasts McDonald's ad spending on African-American-owned media with the percentage of sales the company makes thanks to the members of the racial group. Quote, African-Americans represent approximately 40% of McDonald's U.S. sales, a statement by the Allen Media Group published following the news about the lawsuit quote but of its approximately 1.6 billion annual television advertising budget McDonald's spends less than approximately 5 million each year on African American owned media interesting ratio to proportion is there a lot of African American owned media whatever The allegation of the fast food chain's refusal to place advertisement on the black-owned media outlets came the same day McDonald's announced a plan to increase its national ad spending with black-owned media from 2% to 5% in the next three years. This is not Allen's first major lawsuit accusing a company of racism for refusal to work with media outlets. He has sued Comcast for its decision not to air Allen's cable channels. Comcast eventually settled the matter which had made its way up to the Supreme Court by agreeing to carry three of Allen's seven cable channels, according to the New York Post. Allen has reportedly teamed up with other black owned media owners to pressure automaker GM to advertise on their platforms, the New York Post reported. Interesting. So we can pressure companies whether these channels actually make money or people watch them. I mean, what's the frequency of these channels? How much do people actually watch Byron's channels? Could it be just a sound business decision not to get into bed with him? It sounds like a lot of people won't. And he's using the legal system to force his way in, which is fine. But if you're going to claim that McDonald's and Comcast aren't racially diverse, I've got another thing coming. You have another thing coming. I've worked for Comcast. I happen to know how racially diverse they are. I know how much money they put into being racially diverse, and creating equality in the workplace. Let's go over some things that McDonald's has done for the black community. McDonald's Black and Positive Golden Scholarship. It's accepting applications even now for up to $15,000 in scholarships. The 2020 Essence Girls United, creating the next generation of leading women, predominantly black women. The Black Information Network, news like you've never heard it before through the lens of black culture about pushing for civil rights in the 60s. McDonald's was one of the first companies to allow African-American franchisees in America. McDonald's was long ahead of other companies on black advancement. It bet on urban neighborhoods during the white flight of the civil rights area and first sold a restaurant to a black operator in 1968. It offered black entrepreneurs an opportunity to build wealth and advance in American society at a time when they were shut off of ownership in other professions, according to Marsha Chetlin, a history professor at Georgetown University and the author of the book Franchise, The Golden Arches in Black America. If you haven't read it, read it. I read it this weekend. It's fantastic. Black franchisees are some of the strongest forces with the brand, she said of McDonald's. At one point in the late 1990s, McDonald's came close to reaching a goal of having the percentage of black owners equal the percentage of black population in the U.S., said Reggie Webb a former chairman of the National Black McDonald's Operator Association, whose family owns 16 stores in Southern California. That focus included headquarters, then in Oak Brook, Illinois, too. The company, now based in Chicago, backed internal networking groups for minorities, eventually hosting more than a half dozen groups, including the McDonald's African American Council. Around 23% of McDonald's 200 U.S. officers were minorities in 2006. One former U.S. McDonald's executive recalled feeling surprised on his first day meeting with senior leaders for the U.S. business in 2009 because the number of fellow black officers was rare in a big company at the time. In the 1970s, McDonald's began to diversify their target audience towards the back end of the civil rights movement at the time to modern audiences. The advertising style in the given campaigns appears stereotypical and is a clear example of tokenism. However, at the time, it was seen as a huge step forward in terms of overcoming racial issues. In order to appeal to African-American people, McDonald's exclusively used images of African-American people enjoying a meal at McDonald's in their ads. They were the Norman Rockwell of the day, but with African-Americans. They also adopted linguistic features, which were typical in the particular culture, such as G-dropping, for example, making it. Instead of that, it was making it. Or dinner timing versus dinner timing. Additionally, McDonald's also introduced the Get Down campaign, which was a popular dance move in the African-American culture at the time. The electric boogaloo or the electric slide wasn't available. How about this? How about Michael Jordan eating a Big Mac? It was a staple. Every commercial shown on every channel, every day in the 90s. Here are some of the spokespeople for the chain. Ashanti, Charles Barkley, Kobe Bryant, Destiny's Child, Samuel L. Jackson, LeBron James, Cecil, and Prince Fielder. How about the Ronald McDonald's house? It's helped underprivileged children for decades, tens of thousands of kids. How about the money they pay their people? McDonald's, everyone always says, well, McDonald's is always always hiring, making it sound like it's a inexpensive or a cheap type of menial labor that doesn't pay well. It's not true. The average crew member just walking in the door in all facets across the United States, making $9.87 an hour. A general manager can make $14.86 per hour. Fast food attendant, $9.79 an hour. Food prep, $9.79 an hour. Team trainer. Anywhere from ten twenty-one to eleven twenty-one an hour. A cook can make nine oh seven per hour. A shift manager, twelve dollars and seventy-eight cents, a manager, thirteen dollars and thirty-five cents, general manager, anywhere from fourteen to eighty-six dollars per hour, depending upon the experience. Here are some of the benefits that they offer. Health insurance, tuition reimbursement, flexible schedule, retirement plan, paid time off. Dental insurance, vision insurance, disability insurance, flexible spending account, adoption assistance, matching gift program, employee discount, 401k matching, and all of your food is provided during your shift. The days of yesteryear of McDonald's being a dead-end job is not that. It is a great way to start. It teaches hard work. It teaches you customer service skills. It teaches you the basics of cash management, inventory levels, and also planning ahead. No, it is not going to provide a living wage for most people, but it certainly can provide a living wage through college or somebody still living with mom or dad, or more importantly, the inner cities. You don't need to advertise in the inner cities or use black media groups when every single inner city has a McDonald's at the end of each block. And those McDonald's provide jobs for a dead-end area where businesses will not go, that they do not thrive. And yes, McDonald's is insatiably horrible for you, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I would recommend it out to a bunch of Hindus out for a fun night of fasting. That's about it. But what they do provide is wages for the inner city, which they desperately need. It teaches people to get off food stamps and work for a living. And by God, with the luck of the Golden Arches, may be able to save enough money to get out of the inner city and make themselves alive, doing life, doing something better. Tuition reimbursement is an amazing opportunity for the inner cities, along with those benefits. Maybe Byron should not be suing McDonald's should be using that money for the greater good and maybe helping the underprivileged and the inner cities and putting his money where his mouth is. Democrats unmasked for many of the local and state and federal politicians who recited the COVID-19 lockdown mantra, we are all in this together as they urged Americans for more than a year to stay home, wear masks and maintain six feet of distance. We really meant you. Time and time again, many of the same Democratic lawmakers who imposed the strictest coronavirus rules on their cons uh, ended up unable to follow the regulations themselves. Here's some of the leaders who've issued a mia copa for ignoring their own virus protocols. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Miss Whitmer, Whitmer, a high-profile Democrat who last summer was rumored as a potential running mate for then-presidential candidate Joe Biden, seemed to forget that. Despite updated CDC guidelines, restaurants and bars in her state are still following capacity limits and social distancing. But Whitmere issued a formal apology on Sunday afternoon after they found a photograph of her in a crowd of, un- uh, of unmasked people at an East Lansing restaurant circulated on social media, according to the Detroit Free Press. The photo, which was briefly posted on social media by one of the attendees before being removed, showed Whitmer seated with about a dozen people spread across a few tables that had been pushed together. The state's current coronavirus guidelines mandate that no more than six people be seated at a table, and tables must be spaced six feet apart. Whitmer has maintained some of the most stringent lockdown restrictions for her state, even as many of the other governors have lifted virus-imposed health mandates. Quote, Throughout the pandemic, I've been committed to following public health protocols, Whitmer said in her statement Sunday. Yesterday, I went with friends to a local restaurant. As more people arrived, the tables were pushed together. Because we were all vaccinated, we didn't stop to think about it. Right? She added, in retrospect, I should have thought about it. I am human, I made a mistake, and I apologize. Great. So all of those businesses that have opened up will receive all those fines and the closure notices and the eviction notices that they've received as well because it's just a mistake because they didn't think about it. No? oh Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Lightfoot told MSNBC she wasn't ready to ditch her mask despite CDC guidance permitted permitting vaccinated Americans to go unmasked. And by the way, Lightfoot, no, she's not Native American, but still more Native American blood than Elizabeth Warren. During the Democratic mayor's May 17th appearance, she claimed that she would continue wearing a mask in public and encourage others to do so as well. Isn't that nice of her? Yet less than a week after vowing to keep her mask on, she was spotted in a crowd without a mask. This isn't the first time the Chicago mayor has been caught flouting virus protocols. She was part of a crowd that gathered in the street to celebrate Biden's presidential victory, even though she banned mass gatherings. In April 2020, she was also photographed getting a haircut, even though barbers and hairstylists were ordered to shut down under the state stay-at-home order. Speaker of the House Nancy No-Teeth Pelosi. Pelosi, Democrat from California, how could we ever forget, has unilaterally decided that no member of the lower chamber is allowed to remove their mask until all members and floor staffers are vaccinated. Even lawmakers who are vaccinated must comply with the mask mandate, or face a $500 fine per offense. Her uncompromising requirements are still in place even after the CDC rolled back its federal mask rules and declared that vaccinated people can ditch their masks for the most part. Senate leaders have allowed vaccinated lawmakers to stop covering their faces, but Pelosi seemed to forget her own rule while attending the signing of the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act. You know, that fake piece of legislation about hate crime that's actually not running rampant in the United States which deals specifically with hate crimes against Asian and Pacific Islander Americans, which I've covered on my show. She was filmed walking through the East Room of the White House, hugging lawmakers and other officials without a mask on. Quote, despite finding House members who don't wear masks, Nancy Pelosi wears no mask while walking through a maskless crowd, the official account for the Republican National Committee research team tweeted. Pelosi has previously bucked the rules. In September, she was also labeled a hypocrite. After visiting a San Fran salon for a hair appointment, even though local guidelines prohibited the salon from operating at the time, and remember her defense, I was I was framed. So someone made the appointment for you? No. Someone forced you to go? No. Someone duct taped you to the chair to get a haircut? No. It doesn't sound like a framing. It sounds like free will. You are guilty as charged. California Governor Gavin Newsom, recall that son of a bitch, Newsom tossed his stay-at-home order and social distancing rules out when the Democrat was caught dining with a group of 10 people at an upscale French restaurant in Napa Valley in November, where the bill was something close to $1,700 for 10 people. The indoor diner party at the three-star Michelin restaurant featured members of different households sitting in close proximity without masks. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the November 6 meal involved 12 people from different households, which violated the state's rule limiting gatherings to people of no more than three different households. Newsom, how are you supposed to? Now, forget it. Newsom later apologized for attending the event. While our family followed the restaurant's health protocols and took safety precautions, we should have modeled better behavior and not joined the dinner, he said in a statement. The Democrats can walk themselves back on anything. Although we did this, this, and this, which pretty much discredits everything I'm going to say posthumously from this, we didn't do anything wrong, but we're going to go ahead and apologize anyway. San Francisco Mayor London Breed. I have a comment. I left it alone. Days after Newsom was caught dining at the French Laundry, Breed was spotted eating out with a group of people there. While the Democrat didn't violate any state or county health guidelines, she was blasted as a hypocrite for attending the upscale birthday party while pleading with the residents to stay home. Quote, We all need to do our part, now more than ever, to stop the spread of COVID-19. Breed tweeted on November 28th, That means doubling down on the things we've all been doing. Wearing a mask, keeping your distance from the others, not gathering with the people outside your household, and washing your hands frequently. Especially now. She responded to an opinion piece which slammed her from flouting her own guidance and said the critique was valid. Here we go. Here's the non-apology. This criticism is fair. It doesn't matter whether something is technically allowed or not. I need to hold myself to a higher standard and I will do better. You're so full of shit. Why can't you just say, you know what, I fucked up. I got caught. I got caught. You peons caught me. Congratulations. Everyone, no taxes this week. We get to eat for free. We don't have to sleep with your firstborn. Breed tweeted that in her response to a chronicle op-ed. How about San Jose Mayor Sam Liccardo? Licardo, Licardo? had a tough time limiting the guest list at his Thanksgiving dinner. While California's regulations limited indoor gatherings to three households, the Democrat attending a gathering that had eight people from five separate households. Yet he had urged people to cancel big gatherings for the holiday on Twitter. Licardo issued an apology for the dinner which took place at his parents' outdoor patio. I understand that the state regulations issued on November 13th limit the number of households at a private gathering to three. I apologize for my decision to gather contrary to state rules by attending this Thanksgiving meal with my family. I understand my obligation as a public official to provide exemplary compliance with the public health orders and certainly not to ignore them. I commit to do better. That kind of was an apology. Senator Diane, I support the Chinese spy in the backseat of my car, Feinstein. Feinstein, Democratic California, who at one point wanted to tie... Why are all these people from California? Jeez, what a wonderful state, hypocrites. Who at one point wanted to tie federal aid to state mask mandates has been found maskless on multiple occasions during the past year. In late September, she was seen without a mask at Dulles International Airport in Washington, D.C., even though three months earlier she had called for mask mandates for airlines and public transit. In October, a maskless Feinstein was seen at Amy Coney Barrett's Supreme Court confirmation hearing hugging Senator Lindsey Graham, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Then in November, she was spotted not wearing a mask in the Senate's hallways after a hearing. Now, all of this is just petty, but it's still great points. Austin Mayor Steve Adler, Steve Adler, the Democratic Mayor of Austin, Texas, pleaded with residents to stay home in a Facebook video recorded November 9th. What viewers may not have realized is that he was addressing his constituents from a vacation he was taking in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Constituents. I just butchered that. Jeez. ever done that when you're reading something and all of a sudden a word turns into something else? Is it hallucinations? Did I have an acid flashback, even though I haven't taken acid? I don't know. Anyway, in Cabo San Lucas, according to the Austin American Statements, statesman, (laughs) I'm out of practice. I hate Mondays. They're so hard. Quote, we need to stay home if you can do everything you can to keep the numbers down. This is not the time to relax. We are going to be looking really closely, Adler said in the video. We may have to close things down. If we're not careful, yeah, that it happened. Texas wasn't having that. According to media outlets, he flew to a uh, flew to Mexico on a private jet with seven other people. Wait, is that bad for the environment? No. Okay. A day before the trip, he hosted a wedding for his daughter with 20 attendees, which exceeded the city's recommendation that no more than 10 people gather in a group. He told The Statesman that he didn't violate any COVID 19 restrictions in hosting the wedding or traveling. Quote. There was no recommendation for people not to travel during that period of time, Adler told the statesman. Someone could look at me and say, he traveled. But what they could not say is that I traveled at a time when I was telling other people not to travel. Denver Mayor Michael Hahn. Hahn also couldn't resist the urge to travel over the Thanksgiving holiday, despite telling his constituents to stay home. I got it right that time. Consuance. Oof. Local media outlets. I tried to do some friends. shit at the Local media outlets reported that the Democrat flew to Mississippi to spend the holiday with his daughter and wife before he took off. His official Twitter account tweeted that Denver residents should host virtual gatherings instead of in-person dinners and advised to avoid travel if you can. He then issued a statement apologizing for his own travel plans. I recognize that my decision has disappointed many who believe it would have been better to spend Thanksgiving alone. Pack your bags, we're going on a guilt trip. As a public official whose conduct is rightly scrutinized for the message it sends to others, I apologize to the residents of Denver who see my decision as conflicting with the guidance to stay at home for all but essential travel. I made my decision as a husband and a father, and for those who are angry and disappointed, I humbly ask you to forgive my decisions that are born of my heart and not my head, you selfish pricks. Here's the thing. I don't care about any of that. Every single one of those people, from Feinstein to Lindsey Graham hugging Feinstein to Whitmer to Pelosi, I don't care. None of them should be held to that standard. They should go out to any restaurant they want if that's their choice. They should go maskless. Hell, they don't have to wear underwear. If people don't have to fucking shower, they don't have to wear a mask. There's some people who don't wash their hands. Hell, there's some people on this planet who don't use toilet paper after taking a shit. They use their hand. Everybody does things different. I don't care. This whole thing, yes, I understand COVID serious, blah, 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 blah. People are going to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I get it. I feel bad for that. But because I don't wear a mask, all of a sudden, I'm the problem. Okay, well, what if I'm vaccinated? I'm still the problem. And I thought masks work. And if they work, then why do we care? The thing is, is that it keeps changing. And the goalposts keep widening and narrowing and going further back and closer up. It is confusing. I don't believe that anyone should be restricted. If you want to go outside and be a knucklehead and spread this thing, do that. We'll stay home. We had a year to stay locked up and protect ourselves. That time is done now. You're going to have to put your big boy pants on and come face the world. And if you are predisposed and you have a an underlying condition that COVID impacts, which is heart disease, being overweight, diabetes, emphysema, asthma, blah, 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 then absolutely take the precautions necessary. But everyone else on the planet should not have to because during flu and cold season and other times, this same exact thing happens. We protect the elderly, we protect the sick, and we pray for them. But we don't shut down our world and we don't stop eating and we don't stop forgetting that something as simple as a mask may slow it, but it doesn't stop it. And this vaccination isn't proven to stop this thing. There are people who are getting it who have been vaccinated. It is a virus. It constantly is changing. And the moment that we think we know everything, it kicks us right in the teeth. Let's get our freedom back. Let's get back outside. Let's have the sunlight cleanse our souls. Let's go face the worst cold and flu season coming up because it is going to be horrendous. And we're already getting the colds in the middle of summer. Can't wait for winter. TDS, Trump derangement symptoms and the cure. In stage one, the afflicted have decided before 2016 that Donald Trump has serious, even strenuous character flaws that disqualified him from any presidency or any other public office. Voting for him was never possible. For stage one sufferers, a second Trump term would have effects that are frightening to contemplate. Stage one patients view the Trump presidency as a blotch in American political history. In stage two of TDS, one dwells upon Donald Trump's looks. One has put a fair amount of thought into the architecture of his hairdo, wondering how much time each morning he must devote to its recreation and whether he employs a stylist to help. One notices that the length of his neckties cover up his ample alderman as does the way he sits, leaning forward in his chair. Photographs of him in golf apparel are studied for what they reveal of the impressive breadth of his backside. The smugness of his smile is registered, the smallness of his hands always noted. In stage three, one is ready to believe anything, anything uh, pernicious or salacious that is about Mr. Trump and to reject anything he has done that might have been good for the country, if only because he is the man who did it. One is ready to believe that he diets exclusively on the meat of endangered species, but there is something weirdly illicit about his relationship with Vladimir Putin and that he secretly admires Kim Jong-un's wardrobe. For stage 3 sufferers, nothing about President Trump can be totally disbelieved. As for those of Donald Trump's policies, that coming from another president, one might be pleased that these are rejected in stage 3 derangement syndrome. Israel shouldn't count on the allegiance of Mr. Trump. The revival of the American economy before COVID-19 sent a cratering was owing not to Mr. Trump, but to President Obama. The lowering of black and Hispanic unemployment figures under the Trump administration is scarcely to believe, nor is the utility of his legislation reforming prisons or of his creating opportunity areas in black neighborhoods, if only because it happened under Donald Trump, who is, patients say, clearly a racist. In Stage 3, Derangement Syndrome, if Donald Trump is for any specific policy, one is automatically against it. If he is against it, one is for it. Case not so much closed as never really opened. In Stage 4, one imputes evil to Mr. Trump. One believes he became President of the United States to boost his hotel business. One is certain he has it in mind to create a dynasty with Don Jr. and Jared Kushner waiting to succeed him as President-Emperor. Even should Mr. Trump lose the forthcoming presidential election, and guess what folks, even though he did, you're still in stage four. This stage four derangement syndrome sufferers believe he is unlikely to depart and will come back in the middle of the night and steal the presidency from Joe Biden like Biden did to him. And if he doesn't do that, he'll use military force to usurp himself back in power. Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, Mao, for people with stage four derangement syndrome, Donald Trump is clearly a figure in their line. In stage five, Trump derangement syndrome, one is weighted down with all the symptoms of the first four stages, but brings to them an added caloric, uh, caloric intensity of anger at the mere mention of the name Donald Trump, unprintable expletives issue out of one's foam-flecked lips, one's skin flushes, veins appear on one's forehead, one's hands tremble, one loses all power of speech. Still, the nice thing about Trump derangement syndrome is that to prevent catching or spreading it, you don't have to wear a mask or always be washing your hands or practice social distancing. All you have to do is turn off your damn television set. The problem with this is that, yes, the Democrats still have Trump derangement syndrome. They're still going after him from a legal, from a civil and legal standpoint. But here's the thing. What they don't understand is that 56% of all Republicans believe the election was stolen. That is larger than people care about the press, care about the Senate, care about the House, like the President of the United States, and actually like McDonald's. All those numbers put together still does not equate to 56%. 56% of his base believed it was stolen. The Democrats have a really big problem. This country has never been more divided. You at least had some people willing to go to the left or to the right when Trump was in. He was a very polarizing president, there is no doubt, especially in the last days. But there was something he did. He expanded the Republican Party. More minorities came into the party than ever before, even more than with Reagan, That's something that didn't happen with the Democrats. The Democrats kept their base the same. They just turned out in droves because 50 million ballots were sent for people who never had registered or didn't ask to vote. TDS is real, but now it's almost not even really Trump derangement syndrome. It's almost CRS, conservative Republican syndrome. Everybody's the enemy. If you don't agree, if you don't support Biden, you support Trump. It's the most asinine thing that I've ever seen. It's guilty by association. Listen, the Republican Party was established long before Democrats, the Federalists, the Republicans, the party of Lincoln, for God's sake. Donald J. Trump is not the only thing about the Republican Party that anyone should remember. It's almost like they feel that there was this party of Republicans that only formulated in 2016. We have been on this wonderful soil, the United States of America, a lot longer than the Democrats we have the ability to understand is that we will have a future before, during, and after President Trump. Not all of us think that he is the greatest president who ever lived. I happen to think that he was in the top three, and you can call me crazy, but that doesn't mean that I don't find the fault in what he did sometimes, that he did not collude with Russia. I don't, not for the election, but did he go ahead and blackmail the Ukraine? He sure did. He absolutely did. And you know what? I want my president blackmailing Ukraine. I want my president putting the thumb down on Iran and Korea. I want my president expanding our economy and our GNP. I want him to stop the dumping of steel from China and that's putting people out of work in Pennsylvania and on the eastern seaboard. I want our fishing industries to have regulations lifted because we don't give a shit about the spotted mackerel. I want oil to run freely and natural gas. I believe in fracking and I believe we should do whatever we can to be energy independent from the rest of the world. I believe Israel is our friend. And if you're an anti-Semite, you deserve to burn in hell with the Nazis. But funny, the only anti-Semites that I'm seeing are coming from the, Republic, or from the Democratic Party and we're Nazis? Listen, Donald J. Trump did a lot of great things and he did some things that don't deserve to be revered. But for you to have complete derangement syndrome is just as bad as what people are doing to Joe Biden, saying that everything he's done is wrong and not anything he's done is right. And I'm one of those people, and I'm waiting. It's been over 100 days, and I'm waiting for his first success. The only thing that I've actually seen that he has said, because he doesn't have any more money, is that he's not going to cancel the $10,000 in student debt. Good for you, Joe. There's your one win. And there is me, for the first time in a while, supporting what Democrats did. Folks, have a great night. Thank you for stopping by, saying hello. And if you have any questions for me, please write them down below. Come say hi. I would appreciate it. Visit me on all my social media. Give me a like, share, and follow if you like what you saw tonight. Come back tomorrow for episode 158. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. If you know a veteran who needs help, please reach out. And if you do not, you can't uh, reach out to them. Please reach out to me. I will make that call with you and we will help them together. If that doesn't work, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com, click the VCL link and you'll be connected to a VCL operator. And they will also help civilians. They will not turn you away. All you have to do is ask for help. Folks, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. Thank you for watching the show tonight and I will see you tomorrow with an all new episode of Don't Unfriend Me. You can agree, you can disagree, you can love me, you can hate me. Just don't unfriend me.